You know what drives you, what inspires you. You know why you're here today, thinking about your education and your career. But do you know how to get where you're going? Indiana Wesleyan University is a place where your dreams and goals are known, where you're pushed to excel, and you're supported beyond graduation day. Explore our tuition guarantee, our faith-integrated coursework, and more than 100 online degree programs. See how it's possible at iwuishow.com. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. On this episode of DC On Screen, we are talking all about Season 1 of Harley Quinn. Right after these commercials, or the singular commercial that we have no control over. Mm-hmm. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 584. I'm David C. Robertson. This is my trusty co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. This is the podcast where we discuss the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, give honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we don't want it to be. If it's been released, it is fair game, so beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. And this is going to be a spoiler-heavy episode where we're talking all about the first season of Harley Quinn, as I previously mentioned. Mm-hmm. This is a and, DC Universe show, of course. So. You know, a spoiler yeah. for me, I... I I liked it. I, I I want this to be valid. I enjoyed myself. I yeah, I do. I love this show. And I didn't start out loving it. It was the first episode was okay. But uh I'll be damned if they didn't really uh really sell me the subsequent episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean they flesh out their universe a little bit. They do a lot of things you're supposed to do in the first season. Like they, they give you a starting point, the characters mm-hmm. get a little more grounding as you go. Um something happens that I'm sure we'll get to that, that really has some feels. And uh, yeah. it, it it has an it has a pretty clear through line for the first season that I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. Yeah, now I mean the the season does it, it goes along the uh, the storyline of uh, Harley's breakup with the Joker and her subsequent uh, attempts to become a part of the Legion of Doom to basically stick it to him and be uh, well really just to stick it to him even though she she's claiming it so that she can you know be. Uh, I don't know, an actual, a fully actualized person. Yeah, I mean, but, but that's how it goes, post-breakup. You you think you're doing things for a reason, and it's really just uh, <laughs> bullfrogging, I guess I'd call it. Peacocking, mm-hmm. whatever you want to, whatever <laughs> nature analogy you want to use. But yeah, you're, 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 like, you're trying to get some of your mojo back by doing things uh, like reaction formation style to, to what, uh, yeah, you, you know what I mean. You, you show out a little bit. And uh, yeah. Yeah, they had a pretty clear through on, and they had a. I, by the way, the the actual interpretation of the Legion of Doom is my favorite thing that I've seen in a long time. Yeah, like coming in and shitty eighty late eighties training videos 
um, like Bane bitching about coffee in the morning and shit like that. That a, a, a conference table style meeting where they discuss ridiculous activities and Joker pitches a tower and everyone's like, well, how much money do you need for that to budget? You know, I, it, it, the like office style overly bureaucratic treatment of Legion of Doom made me so happy. Mm-hmm. I, I was really happy with that. I, I, one of my favorite gosh. Banes on any format, by the way, so far, I was about to say, <laughs> I, it was, yeah, so it was, it was sort of obvious that they had to do the Tom Hardy voice because that was like the the, the general audience thing yes. that everyone was familiar with. But I'm so glad they did because that was so funny. It was great. I want to explode it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just so dumb and amazing. Dumb in and all I, the right ways. Yes. I, it's, uh, it was just so so brilliant in so many ways. And I loved, I loved Alan Tudyk. Just doing everything. Everything he did was fantastic, Oh, he was did a great job. Man. I mean, and we could probably spend 30 minutes just talking about the, the cast. Because, uh, you know, before we ever watched an episode, you and I were blown away by who they'd gotten to do these voices. It is an incredible mm-hmm. lineup of people. I mean, I, I'm looking at the IMDb right now, and I just, no matter how far I scroll down, there's somebody where I'm like, man, fuck. That's a great call. And we, got, we got way more Wanda Sykes than I thought we were going to get, too. You know, I know. It was it was more than I was expecting, but fuck, her character is scary as shit. Yes, that that yes, caught me is. off guard. Though, like, I I don't think I really preferred her in her human form. Like, I way I, I just enjoyed the visual so much of that tax book smoking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, fuck, dear, like. It must be twenty something entries down in their IMDb for just the last episode. No, I'm sorry, that's mm-hmm. full cast and crew for the series. Um, and there's still Tom Kenny as the arm in that Clayface episode. <laughs> Rhea Perlman, that was fantastic. Pops up their version. Their version of Gordon. Uh, Chris Maloney is doing the voice. Yes, the lovely. Their Christine. version of their their view of Gordon is. Maybe, and I'm, I might get some shit for this, but it might actually be the most realistic depiction of Gordon. Like in a, in a real environment where there was a Batman who just owned your entire police department and like you were straight pwned. They, mm-hmm. he can clearly do everything you're doing better. Mm-hmm. And he visits you personally to talk about cases. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's a, a genuinely possibly <laughs> very realistic and practical interpretation of that character. Did you get the impression they were drawing parallels between Commissioner Gordon's codependent relationship with Batman and Harley's codependent relationship with the Joker? I didn't, but it's also because I, I don't know, I, I didn't think of, well, as I was about to object, I decided that uh, that makes more sense. Because I was going to say that it's not codependent, <laughs> because uh, I, I, like codependency generally is two people who depend on each other in an unhealthy way. Right. Um Oh, but they do, but they do because of like later on when we see Batman and his reaction, like his little screensaver is like, is, is Gordon and him, you know, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So like. It, it's true, but it's almost, uh, and it was actually a really good scene when Harley and him are talking about, you know, you, you do have people you care about that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, that's, that's actually a good interpretation. They are a pretty good parallel because it, there is a way more giving on one end than the other. And that's actually just textbook for codependency like generally with codependence you have it, everybody has a thing they value 
are, are things mm-hmm. they value with their relationship with other people. And sometimes like with acquaintances, you, you just enjoy like a quick remark with, uh, you know, friends or best friends or people you consider almost family. You have very, very, it's a very deep uh, back and forth, but it's a back and forth. And with codependence, you have the problem where it's not a back and forth. It's all forth. And mm-hmm. you can have true codependency, I think, uh, I guess what I'd label it, where you, you have two people who are just toxic for each other, but in, in ways that cancel each other out. Like you'll have somebody who's, uh, you know, a, a physically a show out, like uh, maybe physically abusive even. And then the other person who's emotionally abusive. And uh, but they, but they both keep coming back. Um, yeah, this is this is a pretty good example of of getting to see one side of that and thinking like, oh, I think Batman's kind of the bad guy in this relationship. Oh, definitely. Like he clearly does not appreciate that guy very much. And I think he should. <laughs> and I just I I just love Gordon being like, we need a tank. No, Jim. <laughs> yeah, it had this bumbling aspect to him. Um, my favorite, the arm scene, the arm episode was really good. But um, mm-hmm. my favorite was in the finale where they're talking about teaming up to get Joker. And he's like, oh, I've got a file. Yeah. And then he goes downstairs and finds it and picks it up. He's like, that, oh, that rascal he replaced it with some freaking gift card. Yeah, man. It's just, I do. I feel like this is Gordon's like, He's broken. He's a broken man. There's, he's just, he's like a, a parent with way too many kids and except all of his kids are homicidal maniacs. Homicidal maniacs. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's exactly what I'm, what we're looking at here with him. Like, and this may, this may make sense. Every time I picture him and I'm not looking at a picture of him right now. So this, this is a good cross section. Every time I picture this version of Jim Gordon in my head, it's a full screen shot. His shoulders are slumped and his knees are slightly wobbling. Mm-hmm. Also, he hasn't mm-hmm. shaved in three days for a job that he clearly needs to shave for by code. Like that's in the handbook. Yeah. They should do an upcoming scene where like he's at some sort of like state convention or tri-state convention, police mm-hmm. convention and winds up at the bar next to Quentin Lance. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> like, hell, I would take the live action version. Like let Christopher Maloney actually do that role. Fuck. Yes. Absolutely. You'd knock it out of the park. Um, Ron Funches as King Shark. Just next level. I had not considered that I would enjoy King Shark. <laughs> as anywhere. played by Ron Funches, especially. Or or just He has a brand. Period. Funches has a bit of a brand. I mean, he's he's a big puppy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And to put a a, a puppy inside King Shark, I think was a bit of a stroke of brilliance. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't expect I didn't know what the hell to expect I you know it's King Shark you thought he'd be gruff something like that no, no. I mean he is he is like when there's when the inmates are, are yelling fresh fish oh, or whatever that's my and yeah. he just goes off on him he's like I'll murder every single one of y'all yeah those are some <laughs> of my favorite moments though was when he went gangster he went straight gangster like uh, you remember when he, he sneaks in and apparently King Shark in this version has a a high technical prowess and he walks in and does that thing where he's supposed to take over the surveillance system or whatever. And mm-hmm. he walks in and he starts hacking. And as he's approaching this poor guard at the night desk, he, he's like, I'm glad everyone's finally starting to appreciate my other talents. And then he just bites off that dude's head and sits in his chair. Yes. Fuck. Yes. That is fantastic. <laughs> but he's still so very much Ron Funches. Yes. Yeah. I would not have had a question about who was playing this role. Or who they were writing it for. If you'd give me the dialogue, I think I would have been like, you want Ron Funches for this role, don't you? Mm-hmm. Maybe. 
What what was that bit he had in Powerless when he was like, where she's like, oh, you're from Atlanta. He's like, uh, I said Atlantis. That's racist. <laughs> Don't remember that. But it's pretty good. <laughs> he was like a, a big old bright spot in Powerless, man. Uh, I mostly enjoyed that show. Yeah. It, it, yeah. yeah. Short lived and forgotten. No, not forgotten. Some of us remember. Some of us remember. It was really not bad. I mean, it wasn't great, but it really wasn't bad. And it definitely wasn't going to make it on NBC. No. Just you weren't that... you weren't getting seven and a half million viewers for Powerless. I'm sorry. It wasn't happening. Yeah. All right. I was I was surprised to see Jason Alexander as Cyborg Man. I was. And honestly, I don't remember us ever um or Cyborgman. Yeah, Cyborgman, which is my favorite yeah. part of that character. Dude, I nearly pissed myself a few times on that episode where he turned into the car. Yes. Yeah. That was when that was just, great. But he just kept transforming or whatever and just screaming in pain. I don't know, dude. I don't know why. <laughs> that just did it for me. I was, it was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was great. See, I, I, do, did we know? I don't remember. We just, there, was, there were a lot of people cast and there were so many good ones. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember if I knew going in that Jason Alexander was going to be. It might have been in my brain, but it's, you know. It, I want to say we knew. Probably, uh, but he's got an unmistakable voice. He he can't make it four syllables in before you're like, oh, "That's Jason Alexander." Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like, oh, great, great character. Even a good arc for that character. He did have a good arc, and not a lot of the side characters got a a really great arc. It's you know, it's only been thirteen episodes. It, there was only so much time, and they were very short. Mm-hmm. I mean, twenty. Th- this could have aired on network TV. They made it twenty-two unfettered min- uh, unfettered minutes of of airtime and uh if you just put splice some commercials in you could have put it on wherever the hell you want to air it i don't know who would take it maybe adult swim maybe maybe like maybe maybe oh uh and that made me think of censorship and can i just tell you my favorite joke of the entire series sure um so uh ivy psycho show up at psycho's uh ex's house Mm -hmm. to discuss this internet troll right yeah who it turns out is his son, and and they have what, by the way, is a wonderful conversation about. Uh, I wouldn't have treated you that way if I didn't know what you were capable of and all that crap. It's just the inverse of uh, like the normal father son conversation, but it was it was uh, well done. But my favorite bit altogether, and I want to say the guy's name was Chad, but that's just because it's kind of a meme right now to think of Chad's this way. Mm-hmm. But it's Giganta, and. There was a few jokes in there, but one Ivy asks uh, Psycho, like, so I just got to ask, like, how did the sex life work? And he's like, not great. (laughs) (laughs) Which was so good. And then she asked basically the same question about that. And then there's this chattish character on, like, you know, kind of Fabio is how they drew him, I guess. Mm. Long, flowing blonde hair, shirtless in the middle of the day on his couch. Um, I don't know. I almost don't want to judge. If I looked like that, I'd probably be shirtless on my couch all the time, too. But he's just sitting there licking an ice cream cone. And then she asks, like, uh, something about the, the sex life there. And, and uh, Giganta says, like, oh, he's particularly good at Kung Lingus. And then they cut over to him, and he, like, does this big swirly loop thing. And yep. the ice cream is suddenly the the statue of uh, David. No. Uh-huh. St- yeah, statue of David Michelangelo. Um, I wanted to call it statue of Michael for a second, and my brain wouldn't let me. Mm-hmm. But even better than that, my favorite joke of the entire series was just when Ivy sees that and looks back over at him and just does the call me symbol and just goes back yeah. to <laughs> that. I fucking cried. I literally cried laughing to myself in my office. 
I don't know why that hit me so hard. And later when she's talking, she like, she walks in on uh, Psycho and his son talking and says something about like, I, I didn't want to interrupt. And uh, yeah, this looks like a beautiful moment. And then she just leaves and says like, I'm going to go find Chad. Wherever the hell mm-hmm. he was. Uh, like, my- she was going to put it on that dude. Yeah, I was expecting that because you told me about it before I saw it. Oh, sorry. It's all right. It's all right. But what and, actually, I, and I what, know the rule. Comedy isn't, comedy isn't yeah. as good the second time. Now, what actually got me, though, uh, in related note, pretty hard was um, when Ivy was had gone full on uh, Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, which they actually paid homage to in those sequences where she's like gigantic and suddenly uh psycho is totally into her yeah yeah swooning over and they're like oh gross and he goes what i have a type you know this. <laughs> that's so good <laughs> and before before what i did not expect to be a tragic moment in a series like this she just tells harley who's in her palm wouldn't it be fucked up if i just ate you right now mm-hmm. they had a great relationship those two like i yeah, got to, and- i got to see it grow i got to see them mad at each other a little bit and I suspect we'll see it grow a little more. Yeah, there's there's definitely plenty of time. Um, even like in some real sweet moments. Um, by the way, I didn't like I said I didn't expect to have any deep feels watching this series. It just didn't have that tone to it. Like there were some feels, like like when Harley gets uh, played and pushed out of the helicopter uh, by Joker. I, I mean, yeah, that was that was really sad. Like they played that really well. The music was great. Her uh, her animation was great. Like the emotion on that. Yes. Was fantastic. I just thought it was a really well-directed moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even Batman catching her and just kind of telling her, like, he's never going to care about you like you want to. I forget what he said, but that was the that was what he was getting across. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't that therapeutic to sound. That's just how I remember it. But, yeah, like... The, it was a pretty touching moment, honestly, with from Batman. It was. I just wish I remembered the words, but I don't. But you know the sentiment. I don't either. And, um, yeah, like, between that and... A couple moments, even with Sid, a little bit, where he was growing and stretching and <laughs> screaming. We're like, fuck. <laughs> this is, he's got some heart to him. I like it. Um, yeah. I, even the relationship with Kite Man was kind of cute in a way. Like, they were, like, she had to defend herself because he's, you know, fucking Kite Man. But uh-huh. then, it, it, I don't know, it, it worked on a level where I kind of appreciate it. I was like, you know what? No, it's, you don't. You don't get to have expectations about two people who care about each other. Fuck that. If they care about each other, that's what matters. Yeah. By the way, my favorite joke of the series is from Kite Man. What's that? Um, during the Legion of Doom battle or whatever, and he's like, I'll save you or whatever, and like jumps and like his kite extends and it's like all heroic. And then he just like floats out the door or floats out the window. <laughs> like the breeze just grabs him and he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That was really good. Because <laughs> I'm sorry, kite man. Unless you're falling deliberately at a certain speed, you have no fucking control over what's happening. Right? Now. You're just, you're just at the whim of nature. Mm-hmm. I'd love to think that occasionally he says like, "I'll save you," and then nature just makes it happen for him, and he looks like a a, a fucking god. But there's got to be that too. Where it's just like, "I'm on it." Oh, oh yeah. god. Oh no! Yeah, we saw we saw that we saw him save everyone. Yeah, that's true. They were all riding on his kite, and it was awesome. That is true. They're like, and and then I got to have her moment of like, see, you get it now. Yeah, I get it now. Um, but still, I, the the field. I did not expect to be like doing a little bit of sob crying at any point, but 
fuck yeah they they played that ivy scene really well mm-hmm. that there were some mm, I, I did a little bit of like that <laughs> kind of catch my breath up. thing yeah and then alan tudyk's Clayface decided to do kirk's eulogy from wrath of khan <laughs> <laughs> and you were back baby and I was laughing again, and he was like, as delivered by William Shatner. Like, oh, God. Wait, so no, great. I don't think he said that. I think he said by he one totally James did. Tiberius Kirk. He said, he did say William Shatner, and he did say uh, William Shatner's James Tiberius Kirk. Okay, yeah. gotcha. That makes yeah. more sense. Okay. Because I remember Tiberius he, being like, mm, okay, yeah, he knows his stuff. Oh, yeah, he specifically called out Tiberius. Absolutely. Um, it's a hard name not to see when you or to hear when you hear it, you know. But yeah, I yeah that 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 got me. All um, right, let's keep going through some characters. Uh, Doctor Psycho, what you think? Tony Hell, <laughs> Tony, Tony Hale. fucking Hell. Oh, he's I a don't blessing, know, man. He's a blessing. That one. He's he's great. He's great. And uh, I did I did I feel like that we didn't get quite enough of just what it would mean for him to be that ousted. Uh, quote unquote canceled supervillain, but I really like the idea of it, and I'd love to see more in the, in the second season. I think um, there's more time with him. I love that he he at least got a moment with his son. Um, yeah, because a lot of people kind of got a moment somewhere during the these thirteen short episodes. But man, uh, his origin story within this uh, universe, where he's just the guy who called Wonder Woman a cunt. Mm-hmm. God, that's so fucking good. <laughs> like it's, it was pretty funny. That's, that is a uh, beautiful, beautiful starting point for a character like his. <laughs> I don't like, feel like he's like, ever actually This redeemed. is my favorite part. My favorite part of this is like Wonder Woman is so revered that even the villains were like, really? You can fuck off. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, it does, we hate you know, her, but you can't hate her, call but Wonder that's Woman disrespectful. <laughs> that, that's just I love disrespectful that. across the board. Can't yeah. do that. Oh, I love that. And even when they go back and do those shitty, uh, like, I, I guess maybe 90s videos, um, they do those shitty videos and he's in the background still being dismissed. Yeah. Like, like he was canceled, but they wanted to cancel him. <laughs> like, he was not a well-favored member of the Legion of Doom. <laughs> no, absolutely not. By the way, I love uh, Giancarlo Esposito as Lex Luthor. I do love that guy in general, and uh, his Luthor was fantastic. Also, yeah, another person I love... Um, uh, Rahu Kohli. I don't know how you say mm-hmm. his name. That potato sack son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that was maybe the best slur in the entire fucking series. <laughs> I I love that yeah. guy. I've I've grown to love him over uh you know the five to six years of I Zombie that I've watched. That by the way is way better than it has any right to be. Genuinely, mm-hmm. genuinely think anyone who has any interest in that kind of uh, format. Uh, should definitely check out the show. It was great. It had a great ending, by the way. Um, but you don't you don't feel like you wasted your time. But uh, loved him there, and loved to see him actually get to play a DC character because he's one of the people that DC picked to do some of their in universe stuff, mm-hmm. just just interviews and shit, just to be a personality, like a uh, you know talking head to talk to people. But I love the guy. Did a great job, and oh fuck, did he end hard? Yes, he did. <laughs> I mean, I. This is one of the few times I've seen the Joker just turn on one of the major DC, like Batman rogues gallery people and just be like, nope, you're done. Out. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Scarecrow just got straight up murdered. I mean, scraped. Mert. <laughs> Gone. Kilt. Kilt to the dead. 
I seen it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's not coming back from like black mask level murdered which i think should be a new benchmark that we use by the way yeah maybe i mean there's there's room for lex to just be like yeah we just cloned him he's good uh, yeah yeah but when i see someone that that kilt on screen i'm like oh that's actually it that's all okay mm-hmm. he's dead mm-hmm. he is definitely <laughs> dead um i really loved that they sucked the freaking Justice League into the Book of Fables and just left them there. Oh, like, I forgot about this, that. This world has no Justice League, and Gotham ends in no man's land, essentially. It does end in no man's land. There's a lot of uh, hullabaloo about what could happen next season. And uh, and purportedly, a- Joker is normal now. I mean, you see it on screen. Yeah, I it's- mean, his hand is normal colored. And I hope it's just Alan Tudyk uh, just talking normally, like. <laughs> I hope it's just him chatting like we do right now. Yeah. What would be great is if like they briefly, he and Harley briefly get back together because he's finally the guy she always wanted him to be, but he's just still a dick. He's not psycho or anything. He's just a dick now. Like some kind of like uh, white knight kind of thing where it's Jack Napier and. Oh, they might do white knight for, I didn't think about that. I was just thinking like, I was thinking more like brave and the bold where he was just like a guy who works in an office. (laughs) yeah i got you but also he's just kind of a dick i did really enjoy that part about the uh and by the way bringing in ace chemicals in this uh in this capacity was fantastic but i did enjoy that the way he was going to end harley was far worse than just killing her he was going to make her just a normie again Mm -hmm. and then to to be able to use that back on him which by the way another wonderful little moment in the last episode was just the moment where joker realizes Harley uh, Ivy's back and just oh fuck <laughs> yes no so good intonation in his voice nothing other than oh fuck yeah actually when he said that no sly plan no fucking Joker helicopter out the back it's over when he said that at that moment I could have sworn I heard one of your anticipatory cackles <laughs> somewhere you did <laughs> because I made one. <laughs> Like we, you and I have watched enough stuff together that I can actually hear your reactions as I'm watching things. Yeah, yeah, we've we've put in the time. We have, <laughs> and there was a chortle for sure. Uh, but I had to reenact was... it. Was <laughs> no, that's not what I heard. No, what would you hear? Uh, a little more maniacal. Oh, oh, the uh... <laughs> that kind of thing. Exactly, exactly yeah. that. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> the one. I know my reactions. I've been around them. <laughs> I was there. Mm-hmm. I saw it. I saw it all. Uh, I I don't think we can get out of this thing without talking about JB Smoove. No, the plant. Uh, yeah, I've told you uh, ad nauseum that if there was a reason for you to, uh, even with your hatred of Larry David, if there was a reason for you to go back for Curb Your Enthi- th- Enthusiasm, it would be for JB Smoove. <laughs> I don't have a hatred. He is. I have an active pop- disinterest. There's the difference. I understand. Uh. But I, 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 still... I mean, I, I do trust you, and I loved his plant. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like such a fucking insult. <laughs> but, but no, he did a great job as plant. <laughs> as plant, Frank the plant, apparently according to IMDb. But no, he was, he was, he was fantastic. Uh, yeah, Ooh, yeah. Water yeah. Now. <laughs> every, every stupid line out of that plant's mouth was funny. Yeah, it was great, and they, I oh, just man, they did a great school. job with him. Who else we got on the list? Um, Kayla Cuoco and Lake Bell. 
Uh, I, I hate to say it, but I think they're the weakest links of the bunch. But they did fine. Like I enjoyed them. Like they they didn't bother me or anything. No, well that's you the thing. We've I mean? kind of already talked them up without talking about them specifically. Like we we've talked yeah. about the take on the character. Like by the way, I, mean, I have no idea what training Kaylee Cuoco has in doing a, a deep like uh, <laughs> fucking street level version of a New Jersey accent. But yeah, did a great job. And honestly, well, see, I, don't, I don't know Lake Bell from anybody, but it was a very kind of, forgive my term, wooden take on Poison Ivy, and it worked like a charm. Oh, yeah. She's totally, like, she you know what she might remind me of was um, Daria a little bit, like supervillain Daria. Yes, that is. That's perfect. <laughs> She's very, you know. Flat. Uh, very flat. Disaffected. Very, uh, yeah. 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 No, absolutely. I, I buy that works. entirely. And it, it works. worked phenomenally. Uh, I do think, like. Kaylee doesn't quite do the accent I want to hear with Harley, but she did a good job. Like I, by the end of the show, it wasn't jarring for me anymore. I was just used to this version of Harley, you know, and you know, we've talked about this before as fans of anything. Once you've seen several versions of any given thing, you kind of take all the, all of the iterations and you have like, you always obviously have your favorite. And then you have like a thing that everybody has done that you're like, this has to be done. And then when it's not done, you're like, well, that's not right. Yeah. And so and she doesn't really go for that accent. She gets enough she gets, of it. You can hear that like she gets attenuation on certain continents, consonants that she's definitely doing a version of Arlene Sorkin. But it's a version, yeah. which I appreciate. Yeah. But she's not bad. Like, she's no. perfectly fine in the role. It's I've just seen, my own stupid hangups that I have to get over. I have seen 10 damn minutes of... Uh, the that uh big bang theory sorry mhm um all right i know some people were just yelling at me right now um i've seen so little of that that i forgot the fucking title of the show mm-hmm. but uh i didn't I, from the couple minutes that i've seen even the couple gifts that i've seen i did not know really what she was capable of and man she just she had a ton of rant like i have way more respect for her than i did before this series started mhm out of complete ignorance, I just fucking didn't know her. She was on that yeah. one show I didn't like because it, it's just like it, it's it's nerd exploitation if there's such a thing, but in a way where you can tell when you actually hear yeah, the few jokes that I've seen people use from Big Bang. It's like they don't they're pretending to understand <laughs> what they're talking well, about or why so and so is wearing a Green Lantern shirt, but it, it doesn't seem like they really do. I don't know. I'm just. The show does really well with with a lot of geeks because it uh you know they they actually usually do get the references pretty pretty accurate from okay. what I can tell. I mean, I'll trust um, you. I've seen but, um, so little that any other opinion than mine is probably more valid. Fact. But the tone is definitely such that the show should be called uh general audience laughs at nerds. I, yeah, a little bit. Um and Two major things for me. One, it has a laugh track, and I just can't do that anymore. Like, yeah, I'm huh. in a post-laugh track world myself, and I, I cannot watch anything with a laugh track anymore. I can maybe yeah. go back and watch a classic episode of TV, like Dick Van Dyke or whatever, and that it doesn't bother me as much there. But in a modern setting, I just can't do it. Yeah, and I, I was just trying to, like, I was, I think I actually have this as a save draft or something in, in on Twitter, uh, but I was just explaining that... <laughs> Uh, I like everyone involved with uh, with IT crowd. My wife loves it, but I it can't hurts do it. me. I can't do it can't because do it. I of the laugh track. Five minutes and just bailed. 
I couldn't do it because of the multi-camera laugh track situation. Like, I can't abide it in a modern world. And I've got it in a draft somewhere where I'm like, no, I can go back and watch old sitcoms and, and stuff I grew up with and be fine. I can. I, like I said, like me, but. old Mary Tyler Moore or something like that, I can watch. Just yeah. I, I, But it's in it's in a box in my head where there was a time before and a time after. Right. And Time of diamond absolutes. Yeah. <laughs> I, knew you'd, um, I knew you'd pick it up. Thanks. Yeah. Um. And they're uh, part of part of it for me is I I, I watched uh, Sports Night Aaron Sorkin's uh, big first showrunner uh, mm-hmm. I would say attempt but it made I think three seasons and I enjoyed the shit out of them um, but in season one he had a laugh track and the timing was different in season two you could see a visible it was just there was it was sea change mm-hmm. so I I get that and, and like I think in my head that was the moment where I just coffined away all of the laugh track stuff that I was willing to see ever again. It was over. Yeah. One of one of my big turning points, even though I still dealt with it, like around the time that I got the MASH DVDs or I started, they started coming out and I was just oh, like, yeah. I was like yeah. right on that bandwagon as soon as they started coming out. They have a feature where you could turn off the laugh track because Larry Gelbert and company didn't actually want a laugh track, but CBS or whoever it was was like, no, it's a comedy. It's got to have a laugh track. Everything's got a laugh track. So they shot it single camera, but they inserted a laugh track later on. Yeah. Because CBS wanted it. So when you watch the DVDs and you could turn off the laugh track, the show is so much darker. <laughs> it's yeah, so much I've better. I've seen that done with the Bing Bang Theory too, just as an experiment. <laughs> That's probably the most I've ever actually seen is maybe in those videos where I was like, I'm just curious. Well, there is a difference though, because MASH was MASH was made in a way where there, there aren't these long pauses while they're waiting for people to laugh. MASH was done in a way where they shot it like scrubs and then pe- they just threw in like, very obviously recorded laughter where they could and very low almost like a rumble <laughs> and oh some yeah okay i know what you mean they took out all yeah. the tinny and there's just the kind of yeah <laughs> but yeah. yeah it's 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 different because it doesn't come off psychotic like like big bang theory does or like shows that were meant for a laugh track it mash comes off as just being like much closer to the movie uh whereas just the the humor is has more of a tinge of sorrow to it more of there's it's more gallows humor than than you remember it being and uh and i think it fits the the tone of that show a lot better um that makes sense though that does um a quick sidebar problem with big bang theory for me is uh and it's a little bit irrelevant was during the course of the lifetime of that show the predominant mm-hmm. theory of the origin of the universe changed from the big bang theory, which by the way, was a name given to it to try to detract from it, but it didn't work and uh-huh. changed to inflation theory, mm-hmm. which I know is not their fault or their problem, but it's still, every time I looked at it, I was like, mm, that's not even accurate anymore. Al, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's your issue, I guess. I know that's me nerding out really hard <laughs> on the nerd show, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if Sheldon mentioned that somewhere along the line. It, <laughs> yeah. He could have worked it in, but, um, what I think is most interesting about Big Bang Theory is that they did a spinoff that wasn't a multi-camera sitcom. Actually, I've seen a few episodes of that because my wife uh, picked it up. She doesn't watch Big Bang Theory, but she picked that show up and started watching it. And it was it's uh, vastly different and way better. Like, I would almost watch it. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting that. that it eventually gets to that point of a thing that I would never have the patience to sit and watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that one's a bit it's of a, a weird. It's a crazy wrinkle in the TV universe. That one. 
Yeah, it's it's like um, you talked about Mary Tyler Moore earlier. Um, they went from laugh track multi camera to like single camera drama with uh, the Lou Grant show. Yeah, yeah, they did that too, and uh, God, it was solid. I used to love Lou. Anyway, we've we've straight off. We have quite a um, bit from uh, Diedrich Bader. Oh, he's Batman. He's Batman. He's like you know, if you're if you're going, who's Batman? I'm gonna go Kevin Conroy. But then you're like, okay, who else? And I'm like, oh, Diedrich Bader. Diedrich Bader. <laughs> Like All day, every day. I got you back on that. Yeah, um, like, no problem. There you go. Especially if we're <laughs> just talking about non-live action takes. Yeah. All day. Mm-hmm. I'll fight next to your side to the death, sir. He's the reason why sometimes I walk into my office and I see Batman and I think Peter the Breast Exam is on Channel 9. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Because chicks dig a do with money. Not all chicks. A couple chicks that a double up on a mean like, de- mean like me dude. I can't do it. I can't do it. A couple of the, the kind of chicks who would double up on a dude like me dude. That's the line, I think. God. That's the line. Uh, uh, the other line I keep remembering is, watch your cornhole. <laughs> watch your cornhole, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, shit. Great job. And how much did it shit, hurt man. you to, to see him just fucking... Tied up at the Joker's will in the last episode. That was rough. It it hurt my heart a little bit. Yeah. Also, by the way, how the fuck is he doing right now? I, we don't know. Like, he was unmasked, and Joker was thoroughly displeased that Scarecrow would just take off his mask. Oh, yeah. Like, Which was funny because to know. Like, it seems like such an obvious move, but Joker explains it. Like, Do you not think I would have thought of that? You fucking idiot. All these oh. years. <laughs> All the mystery is gone. Yeah. Which was a fine point. Yeah, um, I should have known something bigger was up. And I guess it is now that Joker's somewhat relatively normal. Yeah, and I, I don't know where that's going to lead us exactly. But um, oh, uh, something happening in Batman right now in the books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to give you the premise, but it's going to be called Joker War. Uh-huh. And it's literally Joker declared... Kind of in like a one shot kind of thing where they just had him by himself on the page. And he kind of said, wouldn't it be crazy if this entire time I knew his identity and I was just waiting for the right moment to do that? Wouldn't that be funny? (laughs) Oh, wait, that's what I was doing. Yeah, that's pretty good. He's yeah. And this Joker, by the way, lives in a world where there's the Batman who laughs and apparently three Jokers, according to uh, one book that we eventually might get our hands on. It's a year late at this point. But uh yeah 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 this joker uh is is ready to take it to another level Uh, i'll get around to it i know i'm not gonna give you anything more than that but it's 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 looking like it's gonna be a fun one all right what else we got for for harley quinn man what you think um uh, pretty great series don't really have much negative to say at all honestly uh yeah some people just were I saw some people just get off board because it seemed like it was trying to put too many jokes in a small space. And I, I feel like I I could kind of feel you a little bit on the first few episodes, but it seemed like it was mm-hmm. it spread its wings a little bit and, and kind of found a way to tell stories from different emotional sets all at once, which is what a good show does after a while. You, you, you want to feel some stuff, you want to laugh, you want to be curious, all these things. That's the point mm-hmm. of fucking fiction. And I feel like they really got there really quickly. I mean... If this was done in uh, as four movies instead of 13 episodes that were 22 minutes long, mm-hmm. by the end of the first movie, you'd have been like, no, this show has some serious legs. I'm in, I'm interested. Yeah. 
Well, uh, according to Decider, mm-hmm. Harley Quinn Season 2 will begin streaming on DC Universe April 3rd. Uh, I've seen that corroborated in several places. That appears to be news. Yeah, so um, it looks like they just did like 26 episodes and split it in two. Yeah. And um, if that's all we get, I'm down. If we get more, I'm down. Uh, I have enjoyed it quite a bit so far. And uh, I kind of like, uh, especially the outro of this set of episodes, it was... They, they were looking at, like you said earlier, basically No Man's Land. And Harley still just kind of leans in and is like, oh, it's so beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. there's a chaos to her that it doesn't matter how good she appears to be at times. She still enjoys the chaos. Oh, yeah. I dig oh, that. Yeah. <clears throat> but we get to also watch her care about her, you know, straggly group of friends that she's formed. Mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't get enough Jim Rash as the Riddler. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Just not nearly enough. Just not nearly enough. <laughs> Good call. Let me let me go through the. Uh, I'm just gonna go through the names I recognize real quick. And, sure. And, oh, Phil Lamar as the banker for three episodes because. <laughs> uh huh. That's just a thing you can just throw into a show like this because mm-hmm. Phil, Phil Lamar is a fucking treasure, is what he is. A goddamn a national, national treasure. treasure. Yes. Yeah. Trying to think who played. Oh, Andy Daly playing Two Face for for a hot damn second. All right. <clears throat> uh. On Bob's Burgers, I, I knew about that. And American Dad, I knew about that. I'm pretty sure... All right, Principal Brown in Modern Family. Mm. I thought that'd ring a bell. Uh, Doctor in Silicon Valley, I remember him there. I'm pretty sure Daily Show is where he got his start. <coughs> oh, well. oh, this guy's the principal on Daily... Uh, on, uh, this, he's the principal on Modern Family. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, I know who that is. Yeah, I, know that guy. I, can, I can see his head, Yeah. his face, whatever. <laughs> I've got his I've got his headshot. That's good. That, that's enough. <laughs> he was briefly at a show called Review that I wanted to watch, but I never could find a, like an outlet where I could grab it without just paying money for it, and I just didn't have it. Mm-hmm. Called uh, It was called Review, and by his version of Review, he'd be like, I think the premise was, I'm not going to review a book or a fun, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to review a lifestyle. So like in episode mm-hmm. one, it was like, meth addict. <laughs> It sounded like a funny premise. I don't know. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I'm just going to be a meth addict for a few weeks and give you my take on it. Well, Phil Lamar was also Black Manta. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have no He doubt. was enjoyable in that role. Yeah. I'm not even sure it's his first time as Black Manta. Probably not. Was he not Black Manta in uh, Young Justice? I don't remember, man. I'm just going to scroll through real quick. Family Guy, Craig, fucking everything. Fucking goddamn everything. Young Justice... I was happy that we got Frankie Muniz for an episode. That was no fun. Aquaman. Sorry, he was Aquaman. That's who I was thinking of. Sorry, who'd you say? Uh, Frankie Muniz. Mm, that's solid for Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, a lot of people, a lot of solid people in here. We have Pearlman, Susie Essman, like you said, Tom Kenny early or, uh, earlier. Will Sasso. Like, oh my God, Wayne Knight was the Penguin. I as soon as I heard him, I was like, ah, oh, that's Newman. That's freaking Wayne Knight. That's Newman. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> that dude dies by dinosaur spit. I know that guy. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was it's been a uh, so far a really fun series. A lot of uh, oh, it, says he's from Cartsville, uh, Georgia. Didn't see that coming. It's a quick little uh, jaunt. Sorry, every year uh, or every year, every week. It's Jacob Tremblay. Seems like I know that name. Good news, everyone. My brain's not working correctly. <laughs> I know that reference. 
<laughs> All right, so um, there were some people who were uh, a little dis- disappointed that um, Harley and Ivy didn't get together in this season. And uh, now Justin Halpern has said it was important for us in season one to not get out, uh, get to, to not get her out of a relationship and then suddenly get her into another one. We wanted it to just be about the self-discovery and not self-discovery in terms of how I validate myself through other people. In the first season, we sort of stay away from too much of her being romantically involved in anything. Yeah, I think it's and right. Then, uh, and they asked, uh, are Harley and Ivy ever getting together? And he says, we have caught a lot of heat for not having them together right away, and I get it. But our thinking was we didn't want Harley to jump right back into another relationship when she was on a journey uh, for self-discovery. That felt like selling out her character. And for Ivy, we felt like it was important for our version of the character, who is a bit of who has a bit of social anxiety and neurosis and scars from her life. We get into that She's more in the coming episode. She's literally a misanthrope. To operate, to operate from that place at first. When you are emotionally hurt and haven't dealt with your issues, you don't always pick the best partner for you. In fact, most of the time you pick the wrong one. So we felt like both of these characters needed to go through some things emotionally and grow as people before they would be in a place where they could really and truly experience a loving relationship and make it work. Could not agree more. Happy so that I'm, he's standing by his work there. This That's so fantastic. I'm a little sad because I really like Ivy and Kite Man. And I like Kite Man. I do. And I feel I, bad for that guy now because now he's going to be the wrong one. <laughs> I mean, you might be. I, I do like that they kind of made it a story arc to legitimize their relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's not to say, like, I have several relationships in my past and some of them I, I look back on and think, oh, fuck, that was a bad call. And some of them I look back and think, I mean, it was the right call at the time and I, I regret nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Halpern adds, he says, uh, this is the idea that we deal with in the second batch of 13. And that becomes about both of them seeking love. I don't want to spoil it. So I'll just say, I think we get to the place where people want us to get to, but we do it carefully. We're not trying to bait anyone or tease anyone. We pay off things in a satisfying way, but we want to make sure we earn it. I'm sure I was evasive enough here to where I've spoiled it. And we'll also get yelled at fun. (laughs) I like this guy. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> he's got a backbone about what he's doing, but he also understands the intricacies of uh, how the internet is going to devour him. I like it. Mm-hmm. Also, I, it, great. I mean, just fantastic point. Do you really just want her to jump into another thing? Because that's not going to make her a stronger person. You're going to make right. her stronger as a result of something. Let her grow. Let her stretch her legs. Let her do her thing. But I'm, like, That's I'm... the point. I know some people have said like, oh, this means that they are going to shut down DC Universe. They're going to go ahead and get Harley Quinn out of the way. Go ahead and pump out the last few episodes. Whatever, man. If DC Universe is done, it's fine. Shit will go on HBO Max. I'm not worried about it. I'm really not. Like, no. I don't, I don't, I don't think DC Universe will go away for, for reals, for reals. Not like, they might stop making original shows and shit, but I think no, it'll I, still be around in some capacity. I, I think it may get uh, crumpled into something, but I think if uh well two things one the the crisis episodes um especially the last one uh mm-hmm. but the first and the last one this the the bookmarks the bookends i mean they did a lot to externalize the idea that that universe does exist somewhere in in the landscape or those if three it, universes yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but that dc universe in general exists somewhere mm-hmm. and it kind of wasn't surprising. Like it from day one, since the universe DC universe came out, uh, because it was Warner's and because things have been trending that way, 
it was a question. Is this going to be a thing that exists or is this going to be a thing that's folded in? So when the news came that it was going to be folded in a little bit uh, or that it may be shutting down, we, we still don't really know. But when HBO Max came out, I mean, that was something we talked about extensively was, yeah, this could definitely get folded in. Mm-hmm. Why would you have two streaming services? Like it would be it would make more sense for you in terms of resources to combine Put everything them. on one thing. Yeah. Yes. And have us just pay for the one thing because there is a point, there's a price point at which you're paying too much for a certain set of properties and people drop out. Mm-hmm. They just do. What I would do if I were them and maybe I'm, you know, I don't have all the figures in front of me. I don't have all the numbers. If I were them, I would take everything I could as far as streaming, or as far as shows, both old and no, old and new, put it on HBO Max and leave DC Universe up at a lower price point just for comics. Yeah, agreed. I would I would pay three bucks a month just to be able to get to the comics. Mm-hmm. I mean, all all day that that would be a good deal to me, especially because they got super ambitious at one point and said, "No, we're going to get everything. The entire DC canon will be available." And I would really I mean, hate to see that project abandoned just because there was a transfer of how they were doing things. I mean, they've got to compete with Marvel somewhere on that. With the comics, Marvel Unlimited is killing it. Yeah, no, Marvel, Marvel Unlimited is killing it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Sorry. So I mean. I think they should do that. Hell, I would probably pay six or seven dollars a month for that. Maybe up to ten. Yeah, I might agree too. You're still you're still paying a lot less than you would if you were getting all the books every month. Yeah, I know. I mean, I I know. God, I, I know I you pay. know. <laughs> and I know from ten years ago when I bought all the books, I was just like, oh, this is disgusting. I actually don't want to know how much I pay <laughs> every month. Yeah, it, it's like I can afford it, but it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's enough that I, I appreciate that it happens every week, so I don't have to see the monthly bill. Yeah, but I also rough. just appreciate having the physical copy. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's something I'm willing to pay for. But you know, as a person who used to buy like everything, there are so many books that I just don't care if I ever had the physical copy. Like I just I think about them now, and I'm like, ah, they're just in my basement. Yeah, <laughs> I get that. <laughs> I'll, I get that too. I'll never go back to them. It's not like a Kingdom Come situation. It's not you know Batman Fugitive or or what or Bruce Wayne Murderer or whatever the hell it was. It's just you yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> it's it's just like that one shot they thought I would like of Wonder Woman that yeah. I didn't like, or you know whatever i i definitely have some of that um and then every now and then i get rewarded like i uh i mean i'm guaranteed a copy of uh the batman coming up where they're going to introduce joker's new hench woman mm-hmm. <laughs> how's he moving on finally yeah and um who's going to be called punchline which is pretty funny and you know, I'm, I'm guaranteed a copy of this, and I've, I've seen other people scrambling like, oh, it's the first appearance of blah, blah, blah. And, and it, the funny part is apparently DC didn't announce it as such. They announced it somewhere else. It, it, I didn't get to look at the details. The gist of it that I got was that they announced that there was going to be a character in another thing. And uh-huh. then they announced later that it was going to be the first appearance in another thing. And people got pissed because they're like, oh, my God, how could you not tell me about this? Because it's just. It looked to me like people sniping first appearances of stuff, mm-hmm. which is a real thing. That's fun. I laughed about the whole thing because both of the books they were talking about are already on my list. I'm I'm going to have them outright, period. Mm-hmm. No problems. But there, there was some genuine anger about it. I bet. Best of luck to all of you. Not a problem I have right now. <laughs> well, I've enjoyed this season. 
I, I look forward to the next one, which is coming up April 3rd, as far as I can tell. Yeah. And, um, just give it, give it to me all. I'll, I'll take it. And yeah, at this rate, it was super enjoyable. Uh, fucking a lot of fun, some heart, some good Mm -hmm. arcs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I want when I turn on the television or a computer monitor, more like these days. I wouldn't let your kids watch it, but, uh, no, and I can't, I can't speak for, you know, spouses. Uh, my wife is awesome. So she likes it a lot. Like we, we laugh our asses off at, at it every, uh, every week, Mm -hmm. but you know, my wife is special. Your wife is that mine doesn't care about this shit very much. (laughs) She is also special in different ways. Does not care Mm -hmm. about this shit very much. I mean, just, you know, I, I, I recognize, like, I can't say like, oh, hey, my wife likes it. Your wife will too. That's probably not true. No, no. but, um, those two do not watch the same things, but you know, and I know uh, what both of them watch. I talk to them. Right. We're, which we're recording this on my anniversary. So Uh, I feel the need to be like, my wife likes comic book shit. Yeah. Your wet, dreary anniversary that matched your wedding day. Yep. Take that listeners. It was a beautiful day. As soon as we got indoors. (laughs) Yep. It was it was pretty nice in the evening after it stopped raining though. Yeah, we, had, we got some I, nice sunset pictures. I had a great time. <laughs> if I had not been in the pictures, they would have been nice pictures. Short of short of you chewing the scenery by standing there, mm-hmm. a foot taller than anybody else. <laughs> had short of up. me, bl- short of me blocking the sun. It was pretty good. Pretty sure you were the reason there was precipitation that day. Mm. Gojira moved the clouds. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, we're going to get out of here with this Harley Quinn review. Go watch the show. Uh, it, whatever else we reviewed in the meantime. Uh, it, if you can convince your non-comic book loving spouse to uh, give the show a tumble, I think they'll be surprised and possibly pleased with how silly and heartfelt it is. Yeah, it's, it's it was it was just genuinely good a good product. I enjoyed my time with it. Happy, yeah. happy I'm getting more. It could actually be a, a nice entry point to something. I think that's where I was going with that. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's general audience enough. I think it is. It's. It's a little out there, but it's. It sort of pokes fun at the at the genre while also you know telling a good story within it. Yeah. Fair point. Kind of glad you brought that up. Um, you can. Yeah. You can have some fun with it. With uh, you know, with a lot of people. I mean, if if you. At any point, think it's taking itself seriously. Just go back and watch anything that Bane did, and y- you know. <laughs> you know damn well that it, it knew what it was doing and was embracing it. And I love that. Yeah. I really like Bane in this thing. It was it was so <laughs> much fun. I kind of want to just hug him. Oh, no. Like, you poor guy. Yeah, I know. They don't ever take you seriously. and You just want to explode things and break Batman. And... <laughs> I get it. I, by the way, I really do like this idea that Gotham would just make a Harley Quinn highway because she held the city hostage or whatever the hell it was. Oh, uh, yeah, that was that was a good point. Uh, the idea that the villains have so much sway within the city that... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, they have the Legion of Doom hall. The Hall of Doom is right there in the middle of the city. Yeah, that's kind of my, my... That's what I was getting at, is the idea that they have just a corporate office. Everyone knows like, the address. They receive mail yeah. there, I'm sure. It's like the Doom Embassy in the middle of Gotham. What the yes. hell? But there's so much going on that, like, there's so much potentially terrible stuff there that uh, 
I like the idea that the rest of the the do-gooders in this Gotham kind of know that that's where they are, but we're not going to try to stop them there. Mm-hmm. Because that shit's going to get real fast. Yeah, if, if there's a season three, can I suggest you guys hire Ben Edlund? Oh, God, he'd be a great fit. I, I don't think he's doing anything for Amazon anymore. Yeah, that's over. <laughs> anyway, uh, we got a news episode to do, so um, we're going to be out. See, See you in guys. a second. You girls, you folks, thank you for listening. Until next time, keep some DC on your screen. Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC Onscreen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv. at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Look around you, that car you're driving, that house your family lives in, making your daughter laugh, inspiring her to dream. You did that. Teaching your son to drive, teaching him he can be anything, all you. And your dreams for tomorrow, you'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen, they are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man. That's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.